3: we can't
2: live with these shows, and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Stop,
0: drop, roll.
3: Stop, drop, roll. Fire. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about separating the girlfriends from the wives. A very important distinction. This
2: Valentine's week, clay puts his detective hat back on and tries to get to the bottom of some very big mysteries. Like, is Genevieve an actress? Because then she wouldn't be a wife. Is Sarah not ready for an engagement? Similarly, not a wife.
3: It's complicated out there for poor Clayton. And today to try to help our square-jawed gentleman categorize all of the women he's courting, we're joined by a very special guest, former colleague, former co host of this very podcast, and contributing editor of Scary Mommy, the brilliant Lee Blickley.
1: Hey, everyone. Lee,
2: we're so happy to have you back. It's been way too long. Thank you so much for joining us for this mess of an episode.
3: I think you've had a whole child since the last time an entire child i had
1: a i had a child guys it's crazy it came out of my body it was (laughs) unbelievable (laughs) hashtag mom of two um congratulations thank you yes i have two daughters teddy of course and now josephine and i was just saying how there's a teddy on this season and i'm triggered so
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah every time we say something nasty and cutting about teddy you're gonna be like hey hey don't talk about
1: my three-year-old how dare you
3: (laughs)
2: Yeah, luckily we like we we like Teddy, so Yeah, thank God you didn't name you No, your daughter Shanae. isn't named
3: Shanae. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know what? I do like that name. Maybe number three. <laughs>
3: even I'm now. Even kidding. now. <laughs> All right, let's dive in, cause I I feel like a lot happened. I took a lot of notes. We got a lot of ground to cover. And we're still on this off kilter schedule. We ended the last episode not at a rose ceremony, sort of in the middle of the week. And that means we are still in Toronto and the women are all in the hotel room anxiously discussing what is in progress, which is this season's two on one date between Genevieve and Shanae, And the women are just kind of watching the two suitcases by the door and just talking about how much they hate Shanae and how much they hope that her suitcase will at any moment get wheeled away. Uh, Mara's like, she's the puppeteer and she's pulling all the strings and we just need to, like, get her out of here. So on the date, Shanae is trying to pull those strings. um, But it's actually, like, pretty uneventful as two-on-one dates go.
2: I was texting Claire when... I was watching the date and I was like I now understand why they made us have a cliffhanger um in the middle of the date and then had the bulk of it at the top of an episode because it is one of the least interesting two on ones I've
1: ever seen. Yeah, because it was boring. So they're like to be <laughs> honest like you got to it's Valentine's Day. You got to keep us engaged on a Monday night like why are you starting off with this terrible two-on-one? I was looking yeah. for some excitement. Like, why
3: did I cancel my big date night with my husband to celebrate <laughs> Valentine's Day for this garbage? For like, this come friend. on. It's really kind of tragic. The three of them are just sitting there and Genevieve is giving the most joyless toast I've ever seen. She looks like she's walking the plank. She's like Genevieve looks like she's about to vomit. <laughs> she's like, so cheers to checking items off your bucket list and growing a relationship and falling in love, et cetera, et cetera. Clayton looks like he wishes he were being pummeled by the water of Niagara Falls and being crushed into the rocks beneath. No one's happy except, I guess, Shanae, who seems fine.
2: Shanae can just dissociate for all from all uncomfortable feelings. She's oh, like, yeah. I have a plan. I've gotten my fake tears ready. But Clayton pulls Genevieve first. They sit down and the mood is immediately somber. Like Genevieve's (laughs) like, I'm just going to focus on Clayton and building our connection. And they sit down and she just says, the week's really tough, especially the two on one. She just starts crying, saying, I'm sorry, I guess, for being distant. I feel like Genevieve is just grasping it potential crimes she could have committed within the world of the show in order to get stuck on this date
3: she's like i'm here with shanae i must have done something wrong (laughs) like please
2: tell me vulnerability i'm i'm here i'm vulnerable i'll try harder i'll do anything don't send me into the falls please
1: please why am i on this date that was like her whole that whole conversation was just like why me why am I here yeah. with Shanae? The fact that
3: everyone is so baffled by why Genevieve is there actually made me wonder in retrospect, if they edited her into having a bigger role in the conflict than she actually mm. did. Because we did tend to see Genevieve stepping up to shout at Shanae and be like, you're the liar. Like, what are you talking about, Shanae? Like, no one believes you. But... If it's the case that they just selected those clips of Genevieve and actually she was one of just everyone participating, or like seven other people, then I guess it would feel really bizarre that she got fingered for
1: this. I guess it could have been anyone, any one of them. I would have liked Mara, but
3: (laughs) Yeah, that well Mara has her own two-on-one style. Yeah, they needed a new
1: villain. So we exactly
3: they needed a secondary villain. (laughs) Exactly. Um They needed to leave her to stew while this was happening. So she, you know, apologized. She's like, I'm trying to be more open. I do feel that my feelings for you are growing. Clayton thanks her. She says, well, if you have questions, I hope that you'll come to me because I'm here to, like, be open and honest with you. And little does she know that she is laying the groundwork for a truly shocking moment of Bachelor (laughs) conversation. But meanwhile, we do cut back to Shanae trying to spy on them. And I think we have a little clip.
1: I don't know
2: what Genevieve's plan is. I mean, I don't know what's up her sleeve, but I don't trust her. I can't trust her. How can Clayton trust her? It's funny that all these girls are kind of still on her side of they're like, oh, poor Genevieve. <sighs> I do not want to be this f-
0: emotional. I'm sorry. I apologize, really don't.
3: Like, what about poor me? Literally. I've been through hell and back so many times.
1: But that's the thing. I don't think some of them see my strong, you know, ability and my confidence. They should. I'm not worried. I do have a plan and I got this. The violins are doing so, so much I was just going to say, the Game of Thrones score has, it just really <laughs> has this moment just fly. It's, it's incredible.
3: Someone pointed out, and I forget completely who it was, um, another person on our podcast or someone else's podcast, that Shanae has her own soundtrack that like they have consistently played this music for her. And it is so unhinged. Like, I'm not the the opera singer with the bachelor podcast but is that are those like flat notes? They create that very uneasy feeling. Ominous tone. Yes. You know, they very definitely ominous. hired a
1: new audio person for the season. <laughs> they were just like every girl needs their own soundtrack. And this is <laughs> They have been engineering the crap out of it. And
3: meanwhile, um, she's just like showing off her, her, what I would say, her Darvo skills. Like, she's like, I've identified that it's possible that people think that I'm bullying Shanae. So, to be clear, or that I'm bullying Genevieve. So, to be clear, Genevieve is definitely bullying me, and I am the one who's the victim here. Um, It's like, before you've even noticed that she's bullying you, she's already switched into pretending that you're bullying her.
1: (laughs) You're like, I didn't know we were in conflict. (laughs) Yeah. I've seen so many things. That's like, you know, Courtney Robert- Robertson walked so Shanae could fly, and I think about it all the time. <laughs> Every time I watch Shanae, I'm just like, she is. I you never know what to expect. She is the perfect bachelor villain, <laughs> but she is a much less effective Courtney Robertson.
2: Courtney Robertson's work is heretofore unmatched. It was beautiful, epic.
1: But we haven't really seen anyone even close to her until Shanae. But Shanae trying true. too hard to be Courtney. Exactly. Yeah,
3: I I feel like Courtney was so successful that she kind of blew up her own mold. Like everyone was so aware of what of of the danger Mm -hmm. of of a Courtney Robertson type in the seasons following. And I think maybe now we're enough generations of Bachelor on that she's starting to look like a good role model again. Um, so Clayton sits with Shanae next, and he seems ready to potentially give Shanae the rose. He's like, there has been tension, but when we're together, we have this great connection. Thank you for apologizing to the group uh, so we can keep pursuing that. How has it gone in the house since you apologized? And Shanae says, well, it's like it's been good, but with the Genevieve situation, it's hard <laughs> to trust her. She really just fully buys into the producer framing. She's like, Genevieve and I are... In a feud. (laughs) In a feud. And the feud is specifically that I have been bullied (laughs)
2: by specifically Genevieve. But honestly, Clayton is
1: very easily confused. So (laughs) whatever anyone tells him, he's like, that's the truth. I believe it. I believe it fully.
2: Yeah. Shanae doesn't have to say a lot. She's like, I really like you. Things are good. I did apologize. But Genevieve
3: is untrustworthy and it's weird. The way that she identifies how untrustworthy Genevieve is, I thought should have raised a lot of red flags for Clayton because what she says is, the night before this date, last night, I overheard Genevieve saying that she wanted to pack her bags and leave and yet she's here today. So it's like she says one thing and she does another. Like, I thought I would be on a one-on-one and like, I'm confused. And She's like, Clayton, did she mention feeling a type of way or wanting to go home? And he's like, oh, no, she didn't. And she's like, see, it's two-faced. And I'm like, well, Clayton, Genevieve told you it had been really hard in the house. She clearly doesn't understand why she's on this date. Mm-hmm. She's feeling insecure about your connection with her. It's actually not surprising at all that she might in an emotional moment confide in a friend in the house that she, maybe she feels like there's no point in staying yeah what's even the yeah. point of of being here a lot of the
2: women say stuff like that it's not weird
3: and clayton's just like oh my god uh that's super fake of genevieve yeah. i don't know. I didn't even think about how <laughs> and then
2: shanae pulls out the magic word actress mm-hmm. This is something you do not want to be labeled in Bachelor World. We saw how the fact that Greg took like two like acting classes <laughs> once was completely weaponized against him. You don't want to be the one called the actor or the actress because that means you are not there for the right reasons. Not at all.
1: Clayton's broad and- shoulders just dropped in that moment. He was <laughs> devastated. <laughs> He's like, no, he can't be the word, an actress, actress on this show. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh,
3: He's like, oh, I, I can't hear the word actress. Not right now. I can't. I can't process that right now. I mean, uh, the fact that it was so similar to the Greg uh, incident was suspicious to me mm-hmm. because. There's no real evidence that Genevieve is an actress, except that it's clear that Sinead thinks that this will be the kill shot. And why would she think that? Probably because... She is an actress. (laughs) Katie went on After the Final Rose and was
2: like... Because she's seen it work.
3: Yeah. She's seen it work. Sinead is a student. I'm just going to say, she studied
1: the show. show. She knows.
3: She's like picking out her little bag of tricks. She's got that binder with all... (laughs) She hid her binder like a little bit be- better. A little bit better, yeah. Maybe she was smart enough to memorize it and then eat it <laughs> so it could never be found. And this is when she decides to pivot to romance. She's like, I've badmouthed Genevieve that's locked in place. Time for me to get emotional and tell him that I feel a connection and butterflies with him. And in order to fall in love, you have to be open and vulnerable. And then she pauses. She takes a huge sigh. She makes this face like she's, like, very constipated, but, like, trying to be sort of cute at the same time. She, like, waggles her head back and forth. And finally, after, like, ten minutes of trying, she squeezes out what she claims is a tear. It seems more like she just makes a crying voice, which is much easier to fake.
2: A very classic (laughs) fake tears move. Like, anyone who's watched Real Housewives is familiar with with this tactic. Yeah, you
3: just scrunch up your face and then you start talking yeah, like you this, just Like, it's just scrunch, scrunch up your face hard.
2: like this and you're like, <laughs> it's just been like really hard. If you if you do a little um, wipe under the eye, it can really help. They don't even know there's no tears. They just assume. Yeah, mm.
3: exactly. Oh, but I just wiped it away just yeah, now. It's like what's gone beautiful. already, but it was there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to mess up my makeup. Um, and she's like, being single for five years, being in three shitty relationships. I've never been in love and I'm 29 years old. And I was
1: like, when did these relationships happen? That was my first thought. You're 29, you haven't been in a relationship in five years, but you had three serious relationships. So were we like 16? Were we 16 when we started these relationships? I was very like... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just side note. There. Lee was trying to map it out. <laughs> yeah.
3: I mean, she does strike me as someone who would have been in some... High school. Some long-term high school relationships, which yeah. I wasn't, but I have no resentment about that. Um, <laughs> I mean, and then they cut, of course, to her and her in the moment, like, pumping her arms in the air and shouting, tears, tears, tears. Hashtag tears. I was like, come on, Shanae, cry. And I did. And... This is one of those classic Shanae moments where you're like, she doesn't want to be liked, Mm -mm. even by the audience. She doesn't care.
2: She's playing a role. She's very transparent about it. She's having fun. I mean, yeah, I think she's having fun. She's getting pleasure out of, I don't know, destroying some of these other women. And I don't think she expects to be there that much longer. Like, it was kind of obvious when she does eventually get sent home. She doesn't even
3: seem that upset.
1: Well, also there's like... She's more angry. There's no goodbye either. I'm sure we'll maybe get to that. Well, yeah, we'll have to discuss that moment
3: because that was bizarre. It's just, it's an interesting play to go for the villain role because I'm not sure how productive it is. Like, she only has 16,000 followers on Instagram, which is not nothing. I wonder how many on TikTok
2: because I feel like also they're getting less... They're getting fewer followers on Instagram in general. And I do think that it can be an effective strategy if you're thinking long term. Mm-hmm. If you're thinking about how can I get guaranteed asked to paradise? And
3: she will. It's true. However, I will say Rachel, for example, has 50,000 followers on Instagram. So, you know, she would be getting more if she were a genuine front runner than if she were a villain. Um, but... You know, this is this is the role she's picked and she's giving them plenty of material to show that she is sort of playing a role. You know, she's like visibly acting during her conversation with Clayton. She's doing little poses, she's making little like studied expressions, and then she's cutting to her in the moment where she's literally saying, like, I was acting, and also Genevieve is an actress and <laughs> she's fake.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would know because I'm an actress. Yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> it takes one to know one. <laughs> And she's feeling very confident after this. Clayton is like, I do like you. That's why you're here. They make out. And so she's like, I already see fantasy suites. Getting this rose tonight is going to feel better than sex. What a line. (laughs) She actually seems surprised. And I was like, I guess she really does enjoy sex, which I always love to see people talking about uh, women talking about on TV. (laughs) That's Shanae's best quality. (laughs) She's sex positive. Afterward, uh, the two women are sitting on the sort of outdoor couch by Niagara Falls, and Clayton comes and joins them. He sits, he picks up the rose, and he says, I think this is like an all-time iconic Bachelor Mm -hmm. moment. He says, (laughs) "Unbelievable! it's helped tremendously being able to understand a little more of where you're coming from. But you did ask me to be honest with you, so I have a question. Are you an actress? And are you lying to me?
2: I just can't. What kind of question is this? And also, if someone is an actress, would they just be like, oh, now that you ask, yes, I am. I'm here to further my acting career. Like, what kind of question is this? (laughs) And Genevieve looks so confused because. What the fuck? Like how are you supposed to answer this? She's you can see the look of complete panic and confusion on her face and she's just like, "Uh, what? I'm I'm not like what? Like why that was a very abrupt turn to take in this
1: question." And the way Clayton just like phrases it, it's just it was <laughs> I laughed out loud. I really did. <laughs> I, I I they're going for <laughs> comedy
3: this season.
2: I feel like production pulled him aside and was like, okay, you've heard what Shanae has to say. Like, I think you really need to... Ask her. ...be yeah. straight up and, and ask Genevieve. And he's like, okay, so just ask her if she's an actress. Got it, yep. <laughs> yeah, okay, no, I'll,
3: I'll take care of it. I'll do that. Um, No, it's... I've never... I, like, in what way is this productive? Like, it's not gonna get him any information because if she is an actress and she's lying, she's just gonna keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And if she's not, she's going to deny it. So either way, you're gonna get a denial. Um... It, all, it, like, doesn't allow him to suss out what's
1: actually going on at all. And Shanae's right there. Like, if you want to maybe and pull Shanae's her aside right there. to have another conversation. But it's just Shanae's over right. here, like, laughing to herself. Like, ah, ha, ha, ha. I did it.
3: Like, he keeps getting these these tips that's like, oh, this person isn't being real with you. And instead of, like, kind of sussing it out somehow, he just goes to them and he's like, so is it true that you're full of shit? Like, that's that would be really tough for mm-hmm. me. I think this continues to speak to Clayton's insecurities in that he
2: does not trust his own judgment of character at all. He doesn't know how to just kind of try to get a sense of someone. So he's just like, Are you good
3: or are you (laughs) bad? Could you let me know? (laughs) And now I need to
1: walk away (laughs) and think about
3: it. Yeah. Now, yeah. Then he's like, Uh, uh, gosh, I don't even know what to say. Like, uh, this is really hard. And I'm like, Clayton, what did you think was going to happen? Like, this was the only response you were ever going to get and you seem completely unprepared
1: for it. Like, he really thought she was going to be like, yes, I am an actress. Send me home (laughs) now. Like, I've been lying to you this whole time, Clayton. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the
2: weird thing is that I actually kind of think he went into this date knowing he was going to send Shanae home. And then... Genevieve doesn't really offer any, like, definitive juice on Sinead. So he ends up questioning Genevieve much more and then just being like, "Shanae, I can't give you the rose.
3: Right, well, so that's what's weird about this moment, too, is that, like, he doesn't actually get anywhere in terms of ascertaining whether she's an actress or lying to him. But it's clear that the conclusion was already reached, that he needed to finally send Shanae home. So then he asks her, he doesn't get... A convincing response because there's no convincing response to that question and then he panics gets up and walks around for a little while and then he's like i guess i just gotta go ahead and send shanae home so he sits down and is like shanae i can't give you the rose like and then just because he was i think that the production was genuinely like well shanae did bring this up and before you give genevieve the rose you need to kind of press her on that Mm mm-hmm to some degree, you can't just like ignore that and give Genevieve the rose, but he doesn't want to and he doesn't like understand how, yeah.
1: <laughs> so he does this instead. And so he's like definitely plotted his exit from Shanae because he just, yeah, he just gets up and walks away. <laughs> there's no goodbye, <laughs> no there's no, no like, hug. There's, there's no conversation, I thought they were gonna throw her into Niagara Falls. I really was just. <laughs> Just left her there.
3: I think that Shanae thought that that was how the date ended. And it's understandable. She's watched the show a lot. But it emotionally felt that way for them to go from sitting right next to her, like, legs practically touching, to, like, standing up and embracing and walking away without speaking to her or looking at her. I mean, I also, I just felt like, in this moment, I'm like, okay, so pick Genevieve, But can you address in some way the fact that Shanae just called her an actress Mm -hmm. and that you didn't really resolve that? Like, can you say, like, Genevieve, I believe you. Like, I think our connection is real. Yeah. Why wouldn't he say something like, Sinead, you know, you've come to me
2: with numerous complaints about other women at this point. And after all of this time, I have to conclude that the common denominator is you. He has no ability to carry the narrative of this no, no, show. No, no, no. That is the problem. Like, there's no arc here. He just sort of has two disconnected conversations, asks a question, makes a decision.
1: But you you can't really see the narrative thread. No, but the producers love that because they want the women to be able to build that thread and just have the guy just kind of <laughs> be like, okay, oh, I'll go I here.
2: think they probably love it to an extent, but I also think that the show does benefit from having... A lead that can be that connective tissue and that can participate in telling the story.
3: I mean, I think it's a constant balance between: do you want a lead who is super malleable and will do whatever you want, or do you want a lead who has enough like wherewithal to have some agency because they might be less willing to be controlled by you, but they they can create a a meaty center mm-hmm. to the season. Right, that Clayton. Had. It's true. You see the women constantly trying to weave together logic around what's going on. And to like fill in that gap, and Clayton is just sitting there like, "Uh, <laughs> uh well, I made the decision, I guess, and that's what happened, yep. and now we push ahead, we keep going." <laughs> and oh my god, I love his little pep talks.
2: Oh, they were a lot this episode. It's like we're um, pushing through, we're pushing yeah, ahead. I heard you guys laughing
3: Things in, in pushing the elevator. Through. Life is good. <laughs> <laughs> Got that? Those good. Those good pregame vibes. Clayton and Genevieve stop kind of nearby after they leave Shanae, and Clayton like grabs her hips and is like, Thanks for pushing through with me. And then they kiss in this really grim way. It just reminded (laughs) me of like in a like some sort of prestige TV drama where a married couple like their marriage is falling apart and they have a fight, but they're like, No, we're still we're still in love, we're sharing a kiss, but it's grim. This is just the next Jessica Chastain and Oscar Isaac. (laughs) See, it's an audition. She is an actress. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah, scenes from a marriage, (laughs) part Bachelor. She's like, look, I can deliver this
1: kiss. I know what you want.
2: (laughs) But back at the house, when a producer comes in and finally wheels away Shanae's suitcase after pausing dramatically (laughs) and being like, which suitcase shall I take? pause, pause. Pause. Finally grabs Janae's. The The women are having way more fun than Genevieve and Clayton are <laughs> so having. much fun. They're, like, out here pop screaming, popping champagne. Gabby's like, we did it. We beat evil. Shrimp <laughs> is over.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah. Hunter Hunter says, Hunter's like, ding dong, the shrimp is yeah. dead. Uh, that was pretty was good. good. Maris is my favorite reaction. She's like, our man does not have a bad judge of character. And I'm like, uh, sweetie, uh, uh, he does, though. <laughs> He does. He's a pretty bad judge of character. It's like week six. Like he kept he's not this doing amazing. <laughs> uh, back at the falls, Shanae is now actually crying. Um, it seems like mostly from anger and frustration, which is valid. She, I think. Yeah. Screen time for is anyone. over. She's back, yeah. <laughs> Screen time's over. It sucks. She's like she. He chose an actress over me. Fuck that guy. <laughs> I'm pissed. What does he see in her? It's sickening. It's disgusting. You open up and be true and vulnerable, and that's what you get. That's why I'm single. I mean, it's true. If you are constantly opening up to guys and being like, that bitch sucks. (laughs) Like, that probably isn't helping you. It probably does
2: contribute. Yeah. I mean, and then, like telling everyone how great it was that you faked your own tears to them mm-hmm. as a ploy to manipulate them. That might harm a relationship. I don't know. Call me crazy. <laughs> Guys love that stuff. They love it. <laughs> I did enjoy, though, when we get the aerial shot and we hear um, we hear Shanae screaming mm-hmm. from far away like, Fuck you, Clayton. It's like the Lone Island edit.
1: <laughs> she got it.
2: They just stuck her on a
1: ferry or whatever that was, a boat. Yeah, they
2: stuck her on a ferry under the falls. Honestly, Sinead, Shanae, Sinead's probably having a great time. She was probably like, yeah, no point in going back to that house. Everyone yeah. hates me. She might
1: still be on that ferry. You never know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> she had to show up to Women Tell All Oh, that's true. We need her. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be a wild women tell all this season. I feel like a little queasy thinking about it.
1: Clayton's not gonna do well, but oh, that's the fun of it.
3: <laughs> Clayton's gonna be so apologetic. I just envision Clayton just like practically abject and like full of shame. Like he's already constantly apologizing to the women as he should, and it's gonna be rough. Uh, now it's time for the cocktail party. I got very confused, but it is time now at this very early point in the episode for a cocktail party and rose ceremony. And Clayton is just feeling this deep sense of relief from finally sending Shanae home. And he's like, now I can really fall in love. It's time. It's beginning. And the women are also just buoyant. They're like, we all like each other. We all are great. Just... A bunch of great women hanging out, drinking drinks. Just laughing. And not having to deal with Sinead. I love
1: when they're like laughing and he walks in and they just stop. They immediately say, oh, hi. Good to see you. We're having <laughs> the best know, time because shanae has gone. Uh, and
3: Clayton enters and he's like, well, I'm now in a great mood with Sinead gone because now we can just push forward and be in a better position mentally. You know, you got to get in that like. That game day headspace. <laughs> yeah that killer mentality and he jokes like oh i heard a lot of singing in the elevator on the way down so it seems like you're all happy and they all laugh (laughs) you heard us oh my god (laughs) he's like i'm a good coach like i'm nailing this (laughs) locker room's happy (laughs) at this point sarah
2: pops up and grabs him first and this is where we get the continuation of the seeds that were planted of the mara versus sarah feud Mm -hmm. We get a reaction shot of Mara. She's starting to look stressed. Um, So Sarah and Clayton chat, and they talk about Shanae a little bit and how he's happy that everyone is relieved. He finally made a good decision. (laughs) (laughs) Called the right play. Mm -hmm. Called the right play. And Sarah is just really going for it. She's like, this is real life. It was always real life, but now it's really real.
3: And let's just fast forward to hometowns. Yeah. And they make out furiously. <laughs> yeah. She's just, she's like, I can't imagine him having this connection with anyone else. Like, we're going so strong. Poor Sarah has not witnessed the whisper talk of Clayton and oh, Rachel. No. Yeah. If she saw 30 seconds of Clayton with Rachel, she'd be like, I'm just going to leave. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Everyone would leave. <laughs> Everyone would leave. So his next sit down we see is with Rachel. And he's telling... Rachel, what they have is very, very special. They both agree that it's too various. terrifying, but, but terrifying in a good way. And then Rachel begins to whisper, which we all know is the prelude to passion. She whispers, I really want to kiss you right now. <sighs> I really want to. And they make out for a while. And then she whispers, you have no idea how I'm feeling right now. And then he responds, I have somewhat of And then they they make out some more, they make out with this very like rolling movement, like they're on a boat yeah. or something. Then they start laying down. <laughs> they start laying down
1: Where are in front they? of the fire. <laughs> <laughs> they're whispering, they're laying down. Very Hannah and like Tyler, like I don't know. Oh yeah.
3: Um, I always feel like Rachel is playing the persona of the love interest in like an old romantic movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because she's so oh, like poised real. and so perfectly seductive. And she's the pilot, right? In her yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I mean she's got it all. Yeah, she's she really does. she's seductive. She's beautiful. She's a pilot. The full package. Finally, it's Mara's turn for a little conversation and she has something planned for him she has some poutine because she loves to feed people and they're in canada and so poutine is what's available and it's delicious i so i hear um i haven't been to canada since i was like a small child a little fun fact about me and she pours the gravy she feeds him a bite with the fork and immediately serene walks in (laughs) Production
2: has sensed weakness in Mara, and they have decided we are going
3: to fully unravel her. Yeah, the way that things unravel between, especially that it's between Mara and Sarah particularly, just reeks of production, having it down to a science at this point, pitting older women versus younger women and playing yep. into their various insecurities mm-hmm. about being less desirable or being taken less seriously and it's clear that by ensuring that Mara doesn't get quality time with Clayton that they are putting her in as fragile a state as possible so that she can act like an asshole to Sarah later <laughs> and oh yeah Oh, it's just it sucks. It's and depressing. It works, it it works. <laughs> and it works. It works. It always so does. Well. They know what they're doing. Serene, I just want to know. Looks stunning. She's wearing a red, always does. bold red oh lip gosh. and like a gold sparkly dress. I know some people hate sparkly dresses, but this is working for me. She
2: is outrageously beautiful. I feel like Serene wears a lot of things that would look absolutely ridiculous on me, for example. But she looks stunning. Yeah. stunning. She is an Oscar statuette, and I mean that in the best yeah. of ways. Yeah, I immediately was like,
3: I should maybe wear a red lip and gold sparkles. What a great idea. <laughs> Let me try it out. Instead, I'm wearing a very dirty sweatsuit, and I haven't washed my hair in a week.
2: I don't know, Claire. I'm getting a nice visual of you <laughs> with your hair curled... And a gold sparkly dress and your signature red lip. And I think it could work. Maybe next week. Toss
1: that on for the podcast recording.
3: Yeah. Maybe when my children are all adults. (laughs) Um, Mara is like, damn, that was hella quick. And it was. But. (laughs) This is uh, indicative of the fact that Mara is losing her capacity to kind of take these things in stride and keep the front on that you kind of need to keep up so that the lead doesn't associate you with unhappiness. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to be able to be like, oh, man, I want to talk to him longer. But, like, that's fine, girl. Like Whatever. You do you. Like, I'll catch you later, Clayton. She's losing that. Mm-hmm. She's completely losing it. And it
2: is that time in the season, mid-season, where you really start to become aware of the fact that he likes other people better than you if you're someone like Mara. Like you're not getting the time with him. He's not really investing. He's not trying to have a one-on-one date with you. And so if you are someone who is anxious or insecure, which so many of us are, you can just completely unravel. Yeah, I think we have a clip of what happens after Mara leaves and like immediately bursts into tears. What was that, a total of three whole minutes?
0: Are you kidding me? I'm a grown-ass woman. I know what I have to offer, and I know who I am, and I came here to find love.
2: Oh, when you're set up for failure, you're going to fail, you know? She's not wrong.
1: That's the thing. <laughs> She's yeah. actually being very honest in that moment. Like, you could tell she, she wants all those things, yeah. and she is set up for failure. Kind of she is. It's the show. Yeah
3: and like Marlena sits down with her and tries to comfort her and be like no you're not gonna fail and Mara's like I am I knew it from the day I got here like she's basically just like there's no point point," and this is part of how I think that the age is really used against women on this show is that It's one thing to come in for an an adventure and to just enjoy the ride when you're 24 and you're going to get some cool Instagram followers and maybe you fall in love. And plenty of 24-year-olds have fallen in love and ended up in relationships on this show. It doesn't mean that they can't be genuinely interested in that. But it does mean that, like, if it doesn't work out, you haven't really lost that much. But when you're 32 and you're actually freaking out about finding someone and getting married, you might have actually viewed this show as a shortcut. As a way to, like, find your starter husband, family, without having to be on the dating scene forever and play it chill. And instead, your time is being wasted. And you're being kept there and being told that you're a serious contender, but... But you know. But you you're, know. I think also
2: when you're in your 30s, you are acutely aware of when something's working or when it's not. Not that mm-hmm. you can't be aware when you're in your early 20s, but I think once you've dated for an extensive period of time, you just get quicker at yeah, identifying no that. And so I think it's harder. Yeah, yeah, it's harder to buy into the delusion that something is going somewhere when it's very obviously not. And so Mara is in this tough position where she doesn't want to just give up and leave because that's never really a good move. On the other hand, she knows it's just a matter of time before she flames out and is kicked off.
3: I mean, I think that she has a bit of sunk cost fallacy going, too, because she's like, I came all this way. I really want to get married. Clayton seems like he'll be a perfectly fine husband. Like, what if I just stick with it a little bit longer, and maybe I'll get that one-on-one, and it will turn out that we have this amazing connection. Like, I don't want to just give up. But she has at the same time, as you're saying, this sinking sense that it's not going to happen. And so she's really being just like psychologically tormented by being in that space where you're like, do I pull out? Yeah. Or if I pull out, will I be pulling out right before I was about to get the big prize? Exactly. It, it's hard to watch. And we're going to take a quick break to recover and <laughs> we'll be back with the Rose Ceremony.
0: Can you keep up? I like loving.
2: Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next.
3: If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you
2: can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your
3: registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that
2: helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungely as possible. (laughs) So important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done
3: it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. quince dot com slash ltsi. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, as they should because it's very important.
2: If that's you, then make this year the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel.
3: Be a better you in twenty twenty four with Babbel, the science backed language learning app that actually works.
2: Babbel's quick ten minute lessons are handcrafted by over two hundred language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three
3: weeks. Wow, that is really fast. Their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world.
2: Plus all, of 14 award-winning lang- plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. I personally used Babbel before I headed off to Paris for three weeks, and it was
3: Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash
2: LTSI.
3: Rules and restrictions may apply.
2: And we're back and it's time for the rose ceremony. Again, right in the middle of an episode. Perhaps (laughs) one day. Perhaps one day we will end the episode again with a rose ceremony. But today is not that day. Mara is, of course, still unraveling. She's annoyed by some of the women who, you know, are so sure of themselves. And she's like, I wish I could be there, but, quote, I'm just a realist. Yeah,
3: she keeps (sighs) talking about how, like, oh, I'm this independent, passionate woman who loves hard. I hope he can see that. Like, I'm a catch. And this is where we really get in. Like, we're getting into the part of the season where it's less almost about the drama between the women and it's it's getting to the part where we see women just falling apart mm-hmm. because they're trying to sell themselves to this like mediocre dude She's mean head. i'm just like <laughs> maybe he can't see it it's like fuck that guy yeah, like move on
2: yeah like in a sense shanae got that part right yeah yeah <laughs> like if someone doesn't want to be with you you would
1: think like mara would just yeah leave or be like this isn't working but again like claire was saying it's like you get wrapped up in the process and you're like I have to stick it out like I might get my
2: one-on-one in this moment Mm -hmm. I relate to Mara because I could totally see myself completely unraveling feeling so insecure being easily manipulated by production who knows my age my history etc etc but also not wanting to just give up and like everyone around you is telling you he really likes why, you. Why would you mm-hmm. give up? He mm-hmm. really likes you. This, you know, don't be like, patient. Don't just yeah, be patient. Don't just waste your time. You came all the way here. See it mm-hmm. through. Yeah. So I I get where Mara is coming from, but it ultimately is not a good look.
3: But that's that's what's so frustrating is that they are being manipulated and kept in this place. And so what we see at, in terms of Mara starting to desperately be like, Clayton, love me, Clayton, love me, Clayton, love me. It's unflattering. It's hard to watch. But it's because she's being, like, psychologically manipulated by yeah. this show. And that's that's what's, that's what's shitty about it. But, you know, some of the women are feeling confident, rightly, because Clayton is giving some of them a lot of reassurance mm-hmm. and... Some of the first roses go to some of those women. So the roses go to Sarah, Serene, Susie, Teddy, Eliza, and Mara. Going home are Marlena and Hunter, both wearing dark green. I want to know. Hunter They green. look stunning. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Who could send home a woman in Hunter green? It just doesn't make sense great. to me. Yeah. Um, um A bummer. I liked both too. of them. Yeah. So Gabby, Rachel, and Genevieve, already had roses um marlena and hunter are going home and marlena does give a really nice little self-affirming speech on the way out um she says i'm disappointed i'll leave here with my head held high i'll always believe there's someone out there for me because i'm the prize i'll find love when it's my time self-love on valentine's day i love it Mm -hmm. i know i'm here for it
2: and i really want marlena to go to paradise (laughs)
3: I hope she does it's almost like a mean thing to wish on someone but yeah maybe
2: that is, is that cruel of me okay actually i hope for her to get invited to paradise but have already found
3: a oh. great guy yes That's her time for her. hopefully her time is nigh um it's but it's so hard it takes a lot of mental strength i think to keep that attitude when you're in this this situation on the show mm. and so i really respect that Meanwhile, Clayton tells the women who remain that they will be heading halfway around the world across the Atlantic Ocean to one of the most beautiful romantic places in Europe, Croatia.
2: I was laughing so hard at this. So I've actually been to Havar and it is beautiful, but I wouldn't exactly call it like, oh, it's known for its romance. Like Havar, Havar is Is a party is a party island. It is known for Yacht Hmm. Week. Um, That sounds romantic. This description to be (laughs) really, I
3: would love
1: to go to Yacht Week.
3: (laughs) I honestly, this this in terms of tourism advertisement worked for me. I was like, I'm going to Croatia. The first chance, Croatia is
2: amazing. I fucking love Croatia.
3: Yeah, sorry, I actually want to pause to to note a couple of the comments that the winning women make. Sarah says, "It feels so good not to be a loser." What? Which was? <laughs> that was out of left field for me. And Mara says, I almost threw in the towel. I'm so happy I didn't do that. Which, that's how they reel you back in. That's how This I is proof you. <laughs> that Mara and Sarah, at least, have bought into
2: Clayton's framing of this season. They're yeah. like, I almost gave up on the game, but I didn't,
3: and I prevailed, and I'm a winner. <laughs> yeah, I'm a winner, not a Roll loser. In. I Coach. wiped the blood off my yeah. knee. <laughs> Uh, strapped on my helmet, <laughs> and then we quick cut to Havar, and Clayton is on a boat surveying the beautiful scene, laughing just about how ridiculously beautiful is this it is. Real? It's like, what? <laughs> it's crazy. Every building in Hvar appears to be like a stone villa by the sea, except for their hotel, which appears to be made of 100% drywall, even the outside. I don't know how they found it, but um, the views are lovely. They found it by whichever place will give them rooms for free in exchange
2: for branding. And I'm
3: sure most of the places were like, we're a stone villa in Croatia, we don't need to sell ourselves, kind of sells itself, so thank you.
1: (laughs) But there's a place Um, down the road that might need a little...
3: (laughs) I'm sure the amenities are lovely. And (laughs) Clayton is like, I'm really ready to push through this week and find love. It's time to just press on past the defensive line. (laughs) And he meets the women while they're out having drinks in town at a sort of outdoor bar. Which looks so fun. Like I would I'd be totally fine. Oh my god.
1: (laughs) Do you guys know how long it's
3: been since I've been on vacation having a drink at an outdoor bar?
2: I really want that for you, Claire. Yeah. Nothing better. Uh,
1: I feel three. you, Claire.
3: Let's okay. go. Okay. Maybe the three <laughs> of us, maybe the three of us should go to Croatia. I'm I'm gonna come out of this taping and be like, Greg, thanks for watching our son <laughs> during this taping. I'm leaving for Croatia am, now. Yeah, in an hour, and <laughs> I will see you in a week. Uh so he ha- he tells them that he will be whisking someone away on a one on one, and that person is Teddy, finally getting her one on one that has been long anticipated. And Mara is not super happy for Teddy Mm -hmm. because her one-on-one has also been long anticipated. And Sarah's like, well, I'm happy for Teddy. And Mara says, yeah, of course, but it's bittersweet. I'd love to get that time with him. And Sarah says, but obviously it's getting more serious for him. He's probably diving a little deeper. Mm. Yeah.
1: Not the best thing. Was
3: that actually a response to what Mara said? Because it really sounds like she's saying, like, he's not going to waste a one-on-one on on you now.
2: I have a feeling most of the time they kind of force most of the group to respond. And so I think that they just clipped only the things that Mara and Sarah said here to make it seem like they're making digs at each other, which... I I actually doubt was happening.
3: It just seems like really out of context, even
1: if Sarah was being... Yeah, it didn't really make sense. I think the editing Uh, there was just not great. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe Sarah did respond that way. It didn't make sense. Who
3: knows? Well, we need to see the full tape. Mara, at this point, is spiraling deeper and deeper in her, in the moment she makes a little jab that some of the women are more girlfriend material. Presumably she means like more girlfriend material than wife material. Than wife. Mm-hmm. Right. And She's a wifey. God. I hate this framing <laughs> so much. Meanwhile, a sudden thunderstorm is opening up over Havar. Um, and Mara's like, that's me. That's how <laughs> I feel. I'm making the thunderstorm and I'm not joking. These women all want us to be afraid of them. They're stepping into their power They're like, I want I wish to inspire fear. Teddy's date is kind of barely happens. I wrote like three lines. I usually have like half a page.
1: All I remember is I wrote down like they're they're walking the streets with ice cream in the rain. And they both Mm -hmm. said, isn't it? Don't you love eating ice cream in the rain? And I was like, I can't remember the last time.
3: Is that oh, no, they? Well, ice in the rain. I think what Teddy actually says is, "I love eating ice cream in the rain." I just remembered that.
1: Yeah, it was just. <laughs> I
2: just remembered. I had forgotten, and now I've recalled like, yeah, it. Just yeah, in yeah, time too, yeah, to do too. it.
3: Yeah, totally. No, it's. <laughs> I will it's say
2: that Croatia has incredible ice cream and it is a country very into ice cream which is something I loved about it when I was there
3: you can tell it's quality ice cream because they did not let Clayton scoop that and yeah, no. they were like I'm sorry <laughs> yeah, they six were like flags, let the professional yeah, experience is not handle it this here. is making
1: me more into our trip <laughs> like let's just get it going yep ice cream <laughs> fruity cocktails. ice cream and outdoor drinks yep.
3: oh my god uh Teddy I have to say like her energy with him when they first met was really confident. And as she's waited for this date, she's clearly been losing her chill a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I s- sense that their their vibe to me seemed a little dampened. Like, she didn't seem confident. They seemed more disconnected. Like, I think at the beginning, there was
2: really an ease and a, a playful, sexy flirtation. Yeah. And then, you know, and we've seen Teddy even say that she's someone who needs a lot of affirmation, which I relate to. And I I think he's just been distracted away yeah. from her. And
3: he's like, what if I wait to even give you a one-on-one date until <laughs> the season is two-thirds of the way over? Is that the kind of validation you're looking for? Yeah, because the more she's seeing um, like
1: other relationships kind of blossom and she's just kind of been sitting around since she got the first impression rose, you can tell yeah. it's a little diminished. Their vibe is not as yeah potent.
3: She doesn't have, uh, and I wouldn't either, that kind of like confidence anymore that's like i can still be really flirtatious and outgoing with this guy even though he hasn't shown a lot of interest in me she's like well he hasn't been that into me so it feels weird yeah. to like and then she's like i got but... a bombshell
1: to drop too so
3: <laughs> yeah this could go either way. A, she's she's nervous so they head to the night date that's going to be the the core of this date um on tv because she has a big a big thing to tell Clayton, which we already know as the audience, a little bit of dramatic irony. Teddy needs to tell him that she is a virgin. And they sit and Clayton says, thank you for being patient with me after that first impression rose. And she says, well, I have been antsy about it, partly because I have something to tell you. And he's like, I'm all ears. And she's like, so I'm a virgin. My mom had a baby in high school, and she expected me to not make that mistake. There was a lot of pressure on me to to not have a, a kid a, a, as a teenager. But recently, I've realized, you know, I'm a sexual person, and that's okay. Like, I don't want to make choices out of that kind of pressure. So I no longer want to wait until marriage. But I do want to wait to be in love. I've waited this long. And... Clayton looks deeply confused which isn't really unusual for him I think we have a clip of what he finally manages to say in response
1: um well I mean yeah honestly like well I mean for one I mean I don't
2: don't know like for what it is I mean I I would have never known I mean I feel like there's like that
0: attraction yeah for me more so that's just like that thoughts like okay like do i see it yes i see the physical attraction like the tension like that's all there that's great Mm. but i hope you knew that like again it's more
2: about
1: the connection that we have emotionally but you just kind of mentioned said like Mm. you're not necessarily waiting until marriage you're waiting until you fall in love
3: Mm.
1: have you been in love since that point
3: Okay, so a lot of of things to unpack Oh, my God. It sounds
1: so much worse
3: just listening
1: to it. Oh, my God.
2: (laughs) I know. I know. It's even worse than than the first time watching. Hearing the clip, it's like, oh, he didn't know where he was going. So
3: he didn't. That sentence was an out-of-control car, like, headed down an alley. He, first of all... Seems to really think that you should be able to tell that someone is a virgin by looking at yeah. them, and he's like really surprised that that's yeah. not the Guess case. Guess what,
2: Clado? That is <laughs> not a thing. You don't actually have to like wear a you know V around your yeah. neck.
1: <laughs> Virgins have no sex appeal. Like no, no, that's the, yes, none. He's, They're not, he's not attractive. Like, well, but, like but I, he's feel like, like, I was attracted to you. So, to you, so. I'm confused. that's I, weird. You
3: know. Yeah, I thought that. With a virgin, that wouldn't be possible. But I could imagine
1: having sex with yeah. you, and yet you're a virgin. Yeah, that... And How does and, that you know, work? It's not even about that. It's it's about our emotional <laughs> connection. So just erase everything I just said.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: also, anyway, never mind. She specifically
2: says that she has not had sex, and that part of the reason is that she wants to wait until she's been in love. And then he's like, wait, so since you made that decision, have you been in love? <laughs> and it's like, Clayton, obviously the answer is no, because she just told you that's the thing she's waiting for. I
3: wonder if he was trying to say, to ask essentially if she's ever been in love at all. Like maybe if she was in love before she made this decision. Mm -hmm. But he says since that point. right? I know, (laughs) but I'm saying I think that he stumbled because the question he's clearly trying to get to is have you ever been in love? Have you ever been in love? And maybe you haven't been in love since you made this decision because Mm. you're still a virgin but maybe you were before like I don't think he he articulates himself very poorly but he's trying to figure out if she knows what love is or if she needs him to show her I think he's also just (laughs) deeply
2: unsettled by this entire conversation and is like let's just switch tacks to love this is a script I'm more familiar with I just
3: can't get past this reaction because It just feels so indicative of the way that we think. It's like the Madonna whore complex. He's like, well, now that I know that you're a virgin, you're just like a type of person that shouldn't be sexual and shouldn't be attractive. And you're just a different kind of person than I thought you were.
2: And clearly she is trying to head off this exact assumption because she says up front, I want to be really clear. Like, I am a sexual person. I'm... I don't feel bad about that. This came from a very specific place of family pressure and fear. And I've now, I now have a healthier relationship with my sexuality. And that's something I want to explore. And he's like, wait, but sexual person? I don't know. If you're a virgin, that seems confusing. I couldn't tell. Hmm. It's just a terrible way to respond to someone telling you. Bad about themselves
1: yeah and she's you know she's saying it's not I'm like I'm waiting till marriage I'm waiting to like love or to have that feeling with someone she's also only like
3: 24 yeah she's young I too was a 24 year old virgin and it's true I can't have sex it's not, hard <laughs> not or I' not you know some of us are made different <laughs> you know um and Teddy says she has never been in love she's always held back because she's afraid of getting hurt and he says that he wants to quote make sure you're fully vulnerable I hope that's where we're at in the journey
1: <laughs>
3: oh my god just he's just like where are we at in the bachelor journey I had us down on the checklist down at fully vulnerable and if we're not hitting those benchmarks then like I don't see this progressing we're, we're taking a step backwards now you know <laughs> He's like, I want to make sure that you're not protecting yourself whatsoever. And she says she's been trying to keep her walls down for him. And then he asks, if you've never been in love, how will you know what it looks like? And she's like, I think I'll feel like safe and protected and I'll feel trust. Her her answer is great. And he's
1: he's like stumped by that. He's like, oh, wow. She does (laughs) know what love is. Even though she hasn't been in love. (laughs) That's amazing. You have to be in love to know how it's supposed to feel. I I can
3: definitely understand the anxiety about proposing to someone who has never been in love before. Yeah. But what's weird is that Clayton seems both scared of it, but also, like, really turned on by it. He's like, it is so exciting to know. I could be the first person she falls in love with. I could be the first of many things. It could be very special, but it carries a lot of weight. He's like, you love to be the first guy, but, you know, do you want to be the guy who deflowers her in the fantasy suite and then dumps her on national TV? You know, maybe not. It seems like he does a lot in the fantasy suites with a lot of girls. So let's hope Teddy is not. (laughs) I suspect I I just
2: pray. I suspect that (laughs) this is sort of sealing Teddy's fate of not being in that final three which yeah. I have suspected for a while she wouldn't be
3: yeah she, but... she's now in like the position of like a, a single mom where it's like if yeah. I suspect it's not her I gotta send her home before things get send real I gotta home he tells her that he wants her to feel physically and emotionally safe because that's what he wants to provide amongst many other things and he offers her the rose he's like don't worry that's <laughs> not all bad <laughs> with words this yeah, guy he's really bad with <laughs> words <laughs> That's part of the full husband package that he strives to ensure is available to all comers. You know,
2: physical safety, emotional safety, (laughs) and, like, a bunch of other
3: shit. Yeah. They make out, and Teddy is thrilled. She's like, I've never felt this way. And back at the hotel, the women are waiting for that group date card and hoping for the one-on-one. Of course, Susie is like, I'd like the one-on-one. She hasn't had one since the first week. The very first one-on-one was Susie. And Serene says, well, it probably won't go to someone who's already had one at this point. Foreshadowing. foreshadowing. The group date card arrives. Serene, Rachel, Susie, Gabby, Eliza, Genevieve, Mara. It's an honor to fall in love with you. There is palpable tension because, of course, this means that Sarah is the only person not on the date card. She has already had a one-on-one. And now she is feeling the wrath of Mara. Mm -hmm. She knows it, even though Mara is trying to really keep it to herself and be Sarah seems physically
2: uncomfortable in this moment. She seems to sense that this is going to make the other women feel bad. She doesn't want to appear too excited. It's a rough position to be
3: in, honestly. Yeah. And she's like, it's awkward to find it out. Uh, in front of these women, some of them might never get one, which is true. <laughs> I can see why <laughs> the way Sarah, that she has a
1: phrasing things might, like, grate a little bit at times. Poor Mara. She's just like, you're not getting one. He does not care about you this yeah. whole episode pretty
3: poor much. Poor Mara. She's like, in her, in the moment, she's like, it's hard to be hopeful at this point. He's literally going for the youngest girl in the house, who I couldn't imagine is actually ready to get engaged. And to that, I just have to say, Mara, a lot of 23 year olds do get engaged and get married, and that's just life, man. Mm-hmm. That's life. Uh, she's just grasping at straws yeah, at this point, she she's is. feeling
2: insecure, understandably. And she's like, Wait, that person yeah. who is so far from my life experience, it's like, possible
3: that she has reasons to think yeah. that Sarah genuinely doesn't want to be married at this point in her life, but I think that there is at least a strong sense of like, it's my turn. Like, Sarah has plenty of time. Oh, yeah. And like, this is my turn.
2: Well, I think that all of the women on the show, and I understand this instinct, want to believe that there is some sort of, that there are a set of rules and that like, if they are deserving enough of something, that eventually it will come to them. It's similar to what we saw Marlena kind of expressing. She's like, I, I performed really well on these group date challenges and that I never got a rose. Mara's like, I've stuck it out this far I, and I haven't gotten a one-on-one so it's my turn, I mm-hmm. deserve it. And the truth is, it just really comes down to who Clayton yeah, likes. Connection. Yeah. And he yeah. doesn't
3: like Mara as much as he likes some of these other women. Yeah. The group date takes place in a sort of medieval courtyard where they come upon two knights dueling with swords. One of the knights, Katerina, explains to them that for centuries, Croatian women have, quote, stood shoulder to shoulder with men fighting for virtues such as honor, bravery, and purity of heart, most importantly. Mm -hmm. That means that they will be engaging in some, quote-unquote, quests, (laughs) which I thought was more about, you know, kind of going out into the great world and trying to find a dragon or something. But in this case, it's like pushing each other around with shields and eating fish eyes and so they start by choosing the most fashion forward nike gear possible and putting together some looks mm-hmm. a lot of like leather fur. skirts and shoulder pads fur, fur, I'm fur. <laughs>
0: uh,
3: and then they start with a physical strength challenge where they have to sort of push each other out of the circle with their shields uh Susie makes some sort of weird intense comments about how there's a savage within her which I yeah Susie's really trying Susie I mean Susie practices martial arts so it doesn't actually surprise me that she is good at pushing someone out of the circle with her shield but yeah she's kind of like people look at me and don't think I'm that strong but I'll beat the shit out of you Yeah. yeah
1: savage yellow jackets you know (laughs) that she's just, yeah. <laughs> she definitely watched
3: it. I could see Susie on <laughs> in yellow jackets. I could see I could see Susie fitting right in. Actually saying <laughs> that's a great call. She would be like a more successful Jackie. Yeah. Um, next they all have to eat from a buffet of various like dishes Fear that factor, you know? are made from. <laughs> yeah, the Fear Factor cultural cuisine date where other cultures' cuisines are disgusting and you have to eat mm-hmm. them. And so there are dishes made of like pigs' brains and fish eyes and so on. And- okay, the fish oh. eyes.
2: Serene just kind of squishes it, and it seems like just like clear liquid Ugh. comes out of the I fish couldn't head. Pay I, later, I, just, uh. I couldn't <laughs> handle it. I'm sorry. I have I have the utmost yeah. respect for the food in Croatia, and I've eaten it, and it's great. This seemed tough to stomach, and I. I sort of respected Gabby being like, "Yeah, I'm going to give up on this challenge," but she didn't make like a big deal of it. She just was sort of like,
3: "This is where I bow out." <laughs> Gabby's <laughs> like, "I'm doing fine." Like, I have my one-on-one. I don't need to do this. I I it's sort of hard to hard to stomach, but I part of it to me is just That I really understand during these challenges why they don't eat much on their dates because it's just not that palatable to watch a bunch of people (laughs) chewing. On an assortment of
2: food, And we saw this in season one when they did used to film mm-hmm. yeah. eating. It's like hard
1: on the sound and it's not particularly visually interesting. I'm like, do you really want to eat like cheese that's been out for 10 hours? Just like melting onto the oh, plate. You do you not keep to, your cheese on the counter? Next to that's- some prosciutto. <laughs> like, uh.
3: Just the charcuterie board that you keep out all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally they have to kneel and tell Clayton their feelings and what they're fighting for. And they all sort of kneel and are like, well, Clayton, since I first met you, it's been so real between us, but it's also difficult. But I want to be your wife at the end. And Mara's like, this is this is bullshit. I need some competition. These are the worst declarations ever. And they of really course, are, though. Mara... <laughs> Mara, (laughs) they are. Mara's is a little bit more in, like, the ambitious uh, maid of honor speech category Mm -hmm. because she does some rhyming couplets. She really thought about it. She put in the work. Oh, yeah. And she memorized Mm. it. She ends by boasting that she cooks, she cleans, she's great in bed, come on, Clayton, use your head. The other women seem, seem to love this
1: they're <laughs> cheering for her <laughs> the gesture
3: I feel like she was like
1: pointing yeah. at his like down Penis? at his small head Oh yes it's oh yeah oh, oh, yes. Yes. that's the yes. head yeah. she was talking about <laughs> yeah what was with the kneeling though? like what? Ugh.
3: yeah there was a lot going on like I Mara is it, it was a clever little poem and she definitely was head and shoulders above the others in that sense but I was like oh my god like it's 2020 20, And we're watching women on The Bachelor, like, kneel and beg a man to choose them because they cook and clean and are great in bed. So they could be knighted as his queen. Like, yeah. Yeah.
2: Like, yeah, she's like, I can be both the Madonna and mm -hmm. the whore.
3: Yeah. mm -hmm.
2: Look at me. I'll do all your domestic labor and then I'll give you a (laughs) blowjob. I just I want better for Mara.
3: yeah. It's grim. Like, you don't want the husband that you had to win by convincing him that you do all the cooking and cleaning and (laughs) give sex on demand. Because then you have to do that shit forever, and he'll just lie around and play video games. And you will regret it, girl. You will regret it. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, unfortunately for Mara, she does not win. Serene wins.
2: But again, sorry, Mara, the whole point of this episode is to make you as miserable as possible. So obviously you're not winning.
3: Well, that's the thing. One of like, she probably could have won, like based on what we saw, like she, she's good at the shield pushing. She's eating as much food as she can. She writes this clever poem. There's nothing objective about this shit. They just pick whoever they think is going to cause someone else the most angst. You know, Katarina made that choice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Katarina was like, she looks weak. (laughs) Um, and Mara is furious as Serene gets swept away for, like, her special kiss on the ramparts with Clayton. She's like, I'm still a queen, but today I felt like a peasant for the first time in my life and the last time. Which really encapsulates what this show does to hot girls. It brings the, on these girls who've always been the hottest thing around, and they're like, you're just one of the rabble. Sorry. You're not as special. You're not special. You're not special. It's so fucked. Uh, And on that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with the night portion of the day.
0: Can you keep up? I like love.
3: If you
2: want to bring coziness into your life, uh, and I mean, who doesn't, (laughs) turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially right now, because the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary.
3: With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket.
2: There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times.
3: Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials.
2: And their products make the perfect gifts too.
3: I would certainly love to be given something from Barefoot Dreams. I just acquired... The robe, and it is like the softest robe I have ever put on my body. It's so cozy. It's so warm. It's beautiful. It has a nice drape and weight to it. I wear it whenever I have the opportunity. I just want to wear it constantly. And I think everyone should have that kind of comfort and coziness in their lives.
2: For Love to See It with Emma and Claire listeners, you can get 15% off of your first purchase at barefootdreams.com
3: with the code
2: LTSI15.
3: Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp.
2: Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy.
3: I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively.
2: Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you
3: down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try.
2: It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just
3: fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge.
2: Get it off your chest with BetterHelp.
3: Visit BetterHelp.com love to see it today to get 10% off your first month.
2: That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. And we're back just in time to observe Clayton. Putting on his date night best, which is, of course, a zip-up sweater under a checked
3: blazer. <laughs> I'm sorry. This sweater was driving me <laughs> nuts. It is zipped almost all the way up, but not quite all the way up. There's like one three-quarters. There's like three-quarters of an inch of it that's unzipped <laughs> right at the Adam's apple. And I was like, why? Like, unzip it to your collarbone or zip it all the
1: way up. Why? is there just that notch and this is the reason the season is driving me <laughs> insane like all these little details i'm just like oh that zipper got to sign <laughs> off <Gotta." laughs> like have you
2: ever met a man as into a sweater and blazer combo as this man specifically a zipper <laughs>
1: did they give him options like were they like here are your options and he just was like the sweater it's always the sweater, like he's definitely. I do think they try to work with the lead's taste,
3: so he's clearly steering them towards this. It's very, it's very like junior professor at a New England liberal arts college. Yeah. Sort of. It was of like my look. social studies teachers. <laughs> that's that's
1: literally what it is.
3: Apparently, this is what most people's social studies teachers wore because we've been hearing that. I my social studies teacher was more of a sweater vest. Uh. Over a button-down mm-hmm. uh, guy, but yeah, it is a very social social studies look. And Rachel is not deterred by this. She loves. He sits the sexy with Rachel sweater. on his lap. Oh, she loves. She's like, show me that Adam's apple, baby. Oh, it's so good. And she's like, just show me that Adam's apple. I love your sweater, <laughs> <laughs> Emma. That's very seductive. I feel like I'm falling in love with you. Um, <laughs> he, he tells Rachel that he just wants to make sure that they're, like, on the same page, like, that that things are, vi- like, hometowns are coming up, and, like, are we, like, on the same page that things are, this is viable, like, that I could bring you home, or or is it, like, too soon? He sounds so nervous mm-hmm. as this woman is, like, snuggling into his lap. And Rachel's, like you're getting in my head now. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I, no, I, I just, I'm just making sure that you feel like we're on the right trajectory. He is so insecure around her and all she does is whisper into his ear that she's falling for him. Just
2: how could he pick anyone else? He just so clearly likes
3: her better than anyone else. Yeah. He's desperate for her approval. Like he, he wants to be chosen by by her. her.
1: Like you could tell he is so nervous around her. He's, yeah, she's his pick.
3: Like with some of the women, he's like, "Oh, they're so great. I'm so glad they're here. Like they're beautiful. I'm so lucky that they're falling in love with me." But with Rachel, he's genuinely like, "Will she pick me?" And Rachel says, "I truly think you don't even understand how I feel. I'm falling for you so hard, and I'm terrified. I have no doubt I'll bring you home." By the way, they already had the conversation about how they're terrified by the power of their feelings for each other like a day ago. Mm-hmm. This is going to be their conversation for the rest of
2: their lives. They're going to get married, and, like, this is still going to be the conversation. It's the only thing they know how to talk about. Well,
3: I'm actually worried because it's hard to be terrified of your spouse. And so they're not going to be terrified of each other anymore. And that's, like, what's left? Like, are you building some foundational components of a lifelong conversation? Or are you going to look up one day and be like, huh, I'm no longer terrified by this feeling I have. Now what? You know? Like, learn to talk about some other stuff. (laughs) If I'm not terrified, am I in love? Uh, Meanwhile, in her, in the moment, Mara is, is stressing, and she's trying to explain why she sees a future with Clayton, why he's worth sticking around for when she's going through so much. And she keeps, like, going on about, like, trying to, like, prove mathematically that, like, she should be the one getting the attention. She should be the one getting Clayton's... Ring. And so, just, you know, not everyone here is of wife material or of wife age or in the mindset to be a wife. He's putting his energy into people who aren't the one, which is something that I suppose she is qualified to choose for him. And she's really working herself up. So by the time that she does sit down with Clayton, she's ready to just unload. And she tells him, look, Look at me. I've been vulnerable. I've been sweet. I've been cute. I've been flirty. I've been like everything that you are looking for. But it's hard to keep putting that in when I'm not getting a one on one. You know, it's discouraging. You say you're looking for a wife, but the roses that are given out, the one on ones, they don't reflect that. You know, you're giving them to the wrong people. And of course, what Mara is doing is turning this conversation with Clayton into a conversation about the other women that he's dating and whether the women he's really interested in have some issues that he needs to talk to them about. Right. Like, (laughs) this is not going to help her. This is a desperate ploy. It doesn't make him more curious to talk to Mara about her. Mm -hmm.
2: In fact, he now just associates her with, like, a real bummer of a talk. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, not more Mara. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She's going to tell me the women I want to bang don't want to be my wife.
3: And Mara, of course, is like you said, you wanted honesty. I'm just keeping it hundred with you right now. And sure, absolutely. But honesty is important while also not being a magical, like, spell that gets you whatever you want. Like, it's not necessarily going to make him fall in love with you if you sit down and are like, you have terrible taste in women. (laughs) And you're making some stupid decisions, right or wrong. Um, And so, of course, instead of Clayton being like, you know what? You have been vulnerable and sweet and cute and flirty. And I want to get to know you better because we could be great together. He's like, what is it about the women that I like that makes you think they're not ready for marriage? And Mara says some of them have said so. And for others, it's just their age. Some women have said they can't picture being engaged in two months. And he's like, when did they say that? And she's like, oh, really early on. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, this is completely irrelevant. She also, you know, says that for others it's just age. So, like, he brings up Sarah being the youngest one in the house. She's about to have the one-on-one, as they know. And she's like, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. She is young. And he's like, wow, okay, this has been very scary, but I'm going to do my due diligence. I'm going to pay more attention to whether the women that I'm considering – proposing to are right for me you can go thank you for your honesty
2: (laughs) also you can see that Clayton has now conflated all of these statements into one he's like okay so what I heard is that Mara told me that Sarah Mm -hmm. specifically said she has no interest in being engaged which like isn't exactly
1: what happened but that's of course Clayton automatically thinks that
3: like she says, yeah. some of them, it's just age. Yeah. Right. And Sarah would be the the prime person for it to be just age. She is the youngest one. So it's very easy to be like, based on her age, I don't think she's ready. Clearly, it was someone else she was thinking of that was like, whoa, it'd be crazy to be engaged after two months, mm-hmm. which it isn't which- even that disturbing it's, it's <laughs> that's not
2: saying. a crazy thing to say just like wow that would be weird
3: yeah so Mara thinks for some reason that this will earn her a rose even though Clayton was clearly just like sort of using her yeah. as a tip line mm-hmm. and did not seem any more interested in her after this so he gives the rose to Rachel shocker and Mara's like I mean, can you believe he gave it to Rachel he's like <laughs> Thank you for really, like, opening up and opening my eyes and, like, really showing me something. And what he meant was, like, thank you for opening my eyes to how much you think I'm great. Mm -hmm. That meant a lot. And back at the hotel, Clayton hears a knock on the door. He finds a letter slipped underneath. It says, Clayton, meet me at the clock tower. And it is unsigned. And I don't know about you guys, but I think that Clayton and I were on the same page in this moment, which was, oh, God, does Mara want to give me another lecture? Yeah. I really did think that's, that <laughs> was happening. Me too. Well, and they set it up a little bit, too, because they end the group date with Mara being like, I told him exactly how I felt and I got nothing in return. What am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And so...
1: Yeah, this all feels very ominous. Um, yeah, and not Clayton. Happy about it. Clayton is
3: nervous. <laughs> he's like, why do I
1: have to get out, out of bed and go to this clock tower?
2: Like, <laughs> fuck this. But I think ultimately he's happy that he did.
3: He's like striding down the cobblestone streets in the middle of the night. <laughs> Woo! No. It's like very dark. It's like he's going it's like he's going to be Deep Throat or something. Like the, <laughs> the aesthetic is very like Baltic spy movie or something.
2: Yeah. He's going to um, I assume, drop a tip to Vivian mm-hmm. from Inventing Anna Yeah, about the fact that one of the women in the house once said it would be weird to get engaged.
3: <laughs> Hot tip. But he arrives there expecting to, to receive some sort of dossier, I suppose, from Mara, and instead, it's Susie. It's Susie. And he's so relieved. He's so happy that he actually, like, has to walk a quick lap and like allow his emotions to re regulate. Like Let's
1: go, oh, yeah. How you doing, Suze? Yeah. Talk to me. Yeah, Woo! Suze, what's up? She's, like pouring Gatorade over his head. Just... <laughs> <laughs> so it was like. I watched, you know, it's like the Super Bowl and this just meshed together in that moment, just... Oh, basically one one yeah, product. He was the MVP. He's like, I thought
3: they just scored the winning touchdown, but then it got overturned on review. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Let's go, Suze! Yeah! Breaking the
1: rules! It was just
3: ridiculous. And <laughs> Suzy is also very happy because she's like, I needed to create this special moment with Clayton and it's working. He's so happy to see me. She takes him up to the top of the clock tower and she's like, I was so swept off my feet on our first date, but then I've seen you form other connections. And of course that has made me put up walls Mm -hmm. as it does, but she is determined to no longer do that and to be more vulnerable. And so she has something to tell him, which is that she feels as though, she's falling in love with him which I think I love this formulation I think this is incredibly accurate to what actually happens on the show
1: which is that it does feel as though you're falling yeah. in love <laughs> you're in the most romantic city in Europe so how could you not fall in love
3: yeah maybe it's a feeling that's manufactured by setting and producer manipulation and scarcity of men but it does feel that and way. And one a.m. visits <laughs> to
1: the clock tower like it's
3: all <laughs> oh. perfect I would be in love with anyone that I was slightly interested in who met me at 1 a.m. on a clock tower. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. Especially when you're sleep-deprived. Oh, yeah. And Clayton is thrilled. He's like, oh, my gosh. I can't believe you just said that. And they they make out. And he's like, now I have the validation that the process works. (laughs) He truly just speaks in, like, mashed-up Bachelor cliches or football cliches, like, at all times. It is just (laughs) those two scripts just banging around in his head. (laughs) This unplanned date
1: is what made me believe in the process.
2: (laughs) I think he's also just relieved. He's like, one of them is going to fall in love with me. Yeah.
3: It's going to be fine. He's like, I can check something off on a different page of my little Bachelor workbook now. (laughs) And back at the hotel, we do see that Mara is still fuming she's confiding in gabby about what she said to clayton and she says you know sarah's been very confident but i don't think she's ready for a long term and if clayton heard me and he sees the big picture sarah might not get a rose gabby we don't see much from but she is just like nodding a lot and being like yeah and i was like is gabby just a very active supportive listener or are more women in the house starting to turn against sarah
2: it's hard to tell
3: Remains to be seen at this point. But before we see their date begin, we see Clayton. It's also, like,
2: does this date happen the next day? Or, like, the same night? Or, or is <laughs> yeah. it all, like, overnight? Like, is she having a 3 a.m. date? It's,
1: the editing made it seem like the girls were just sitting around, like, while Susie was out doing her thing. Like, the girls were just sitting around being like, oh, Sarah's going on her date in, like, a minute. Or she's on her date currently.
3: It must have been a different night because he's wearing a different sweater. But they yeah. skipped the whole. Next I think day. it's a
2: different night, but they skipped the whole day. And
3: Sarah didn't get like a day date. Yeah, like, they just like skipped the whole what, day. I was Croatia? like, did she not get a day date? It's and it's, it's a very weird lead or up. Or maybe too. she did, and they just cut it, which we have known it, them it to has do. Happened, but it's a very weird lead up because we just saw Clayton at night in the clock mm-hmm. tower with Susie, and the next thing and we see is Clayton night. again outside. Under the cover of darkness, having a meeting, an assignation, and this time it's with Jesse Palmer. So again, he's striding down the street for his secretive meeting, down the cobblestones. Who looms up out of the darkness? It's it's his identical twin, Father Jesse. (laughs) They shake hands, and Clayton's like, Mara said some things that made me really nervous about Sarah being not ready for marriage. I don't want to make the wrong decision. And walk out empty handed. And Jesse is like, Yeah, you know, I was terrified of the same thing at this point in the journey. Um, But, you know, you just have to like trust yourself and like follow your heart and it's all going to be okay. And you'll break up three (laughs) weeks after the show and then you'll meet a model at a boxing class. And it
1: won't, none of it will matter.
3: (laughs) None of it will matter. It'll all fall right into place. Don't even worry about it. It's so bizarre how they keep bringing up how Jesse keeps bringing up his experience on the show, as if it will be comforting to Clayton when it was kind of a catastrophe in the sense of finding your wife. Uh, But they're committed to that line for Jesse. He leaves after this brief conversation, and then it's like, Sarah's here. So I guess they just had her waiting around the corner (laughs) while Jesse was coaching Clayton. She apparently only gets this night date, or it was cut, the day date. Clayton has some questions for her so
2: jumping right in yeah poor sarah is like i'm getting a really romantic second one-on-one this is gonna deepen our relationship mm-hmm. and clayton in classic clayton form just jumps right in is like <laughs> so please defend yourself against this yeah. very general <laughs>
3: allegation this man keeps being like you're gonna feel so safe with me and then he shows up to dates He's and conversations, like,
1: With, like, a hidden machete or something. It was the same same reaction that Genevieve had. Like, Sarah was just, like, a deer in headlights. Like, what? Where did this come from?
3: Yeah. she Poor Sarah. She she sits with him in this lovely lantern-lit outdoor space, this courtyard. She toasts to their undeniable momentum and, like, deepening their bond. And... He's like, "Yeah, so I want to find my wife and propose at the end of this, and something was brought to my attention last night that you might not be ready to be engaged at the end. So, like, do you see engagement as a real possibility?" And Sarah looks like she's been slapped in the face. She's so she's shocked. She's just like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, she's like, "It's the opposite of what I've said. I She's do like, see I just said to you, you that we have
2: undeniable
3: momentum." Yeah. So,
2: But momentum to where, you know? And what she means is momentum definitely not to an engagement. Mm -hmm.
3: She cries. She's like, I do see a future with you. I want you to know in your gut that I'm honest with you. I would have no reason to ever lie to you or hurt you. And she says, you know, I came because it was you. And after our one-on-one date, I went back to the house and I said that I really could see myself being engaged to you at the end, and it was crazy because it was after just, like, such a short time of knowing you. And I just don't know where this would come from. And finally she stops, and Clayton has patiently let her just, like, spiral. And he says, I'm sorry, I didn't want you to be upset, but I'm just, you know, confused and scared of losing everything." Which I immediately wrote, did he bet his savings on this? Like, what is he talking about?
1: Like, I don't
2: know.
3: He's not going to lose everything.
2: I'm like, first of all, Clayton, you don't even want to end up with her at the end.
3: And your 401k is going to be untouched. Yeah, he put so like, all his balls in one it.
2: basket, guys. Like, it's just, <laughs> He doesn't care about anybody I'm else. I'm sure Clayton Clayton <laughs> yeah. owns some, like, Bitcoin or
3: Dogecoin <laughs> out here. He's gonna be fine. <laughs> So he, he at this point, after having a conversation that has solely consisted, as far as we can tell, of blindsiding her with this accusation and making her cry, he then is like, I have to go think this through, excuse me, and
1: leaves her to <laughs> sob. Just walks off like I gotta I gotta figure out who told me what and what are my feelings (laughs) and oh my god I just like blew up another relationship it's just ridiculous
3: I do understand having space to think and some people benefit from that and in conflict I appreciate that it does
1: take the time yes to like walk away and like have a second but then you're leaving like a girl like in hysterics like you just blew up her her journey thus far
3: Right. And there's something to be said for being able to have a conversation before you take that time that is productive and sensitive and mutually revealing instead of a conversation that does nothing but like inflict emotional distress on the other person gives you very little clarity because what are you going to believe from her at this point? Like, it's not an accusation that is likely to be met with, like, oh, yeah, no, I definitely can't see myself being engaged. It's the same thing with
1: the actress thing. It's, like, she's not not going to tell you, like, oh, you're asking
3: asking questions that are kind of impossible
2: to answer, to defend yourself against in a way that's effective.
3: He could have really sussed her out on this much more gracefully Mm -hmm. by, like, pressing her more on, like, you're really young. He could
2: have said... How do you feel? We're we're getting closer. We're getting closer. You're young. Have do you think you have enough relationship experience to really make that commitment? Yeah, like what, he
3: could have just Where do you see yourself in 5 years? Like do you see yourself like yeah. with kids what, by the time you're 26 or do you want to wait until you're a little bit older because I'm on X time. Like there are all these ways You could have yeah,
1: to, gotten into the subject right. without being like flat out. You're too young to be engaged. Yeah. Yeah, I heard, yeah, you I heard that be.
3: you're a monster yeah. who's here for the wrong reasons. Can you speak to that, please? All right, I gotta yeah, go. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> I have
2: to remove myself. I didn't want you to be upset. Yeah. So weird that you are after I asked you this pretty upsetting thing and yeah. implied that there is, like, a person in the house who is trying to destroy you.
3: Yeah, So while he's gone, Sarah is sobbing to a producer, like, who the fuck said that? It's a bitch-ass move. They're jealous of my connection with him, which, like, honestly seems true, like, yeah, as sad as it is. Like, but producers are not your friends here. Like, they created this. Mm -hmm. This was their, their, this is their jam. And back at the house, we see Mara sort of reveling a little bit. And having planted this seed in Clayton's head, she knows he's very malleable. We've saw this with Shanae. She's like, I just told Clayton, you know, he should ask some tough questions of Sarah because, you know, when I was twenty three, I wasn't ready to get married.
2: Like, like, I don't know if that really informs how Sarah feels. It's Like so many twenty three
1: year olds get married. I don't know. Also, it's about again, like your connect. If, if she is in love with Clayton at the end of this, it's about their connection and whether she wants to be engaged. Not just, like, I'm young and I can be engaged, so (laughs) no.
3: Right. Uh, Well, that's the thing, too, is it's, like, if Clayton was sure that it was Sarah, they would negotiate that. mm -hmm. Like, that's fundamentally what it's about. And it's not about the who's most ready to get married game. But we always come back to these stupid metrics because they create division in the house and then the show laughs and, like, rubs its hands together. (laughs) Back on the date, Clayton rejoins the table with Sarah, who has gathered herself a little bit, and so he clearly was gone for, like, a long time, and she says that she's trying not to be angry, but she's gone out of her way to make everyone feel loved in the house and not to boast, but she can't help but feel like it's interesting timing for someone to bring this up right after she got a second date. I am scared of losing you over a blatant lie, she says. And I think Sarah's like, kind of on the money here that, like,
1: she someone is. really
3: did just kind of want to puncture this relationship that was getting a lot of his attention. And I think Clayton bu- buys into this. He, too. he buys into this. And he also he also, I think, likes Sarah
2: enough that it doesn't really matter. And so he ultimately picks up the rose and says, you know, we established some trust early and I do agree that maybe giving you a second one-on-one inadvertently made you a target. And I know that you're here for me and that we want the same things. And so he offers her
1: the rose. Yeah, he's like, I I don't question your sincerity, but I was like, but you did. You just did question. <laughs> yeah, th- that's what this whole date has been. Her <laughs> but okay. Clayton. He's like
3: smiling. He's like, here's the rose. And she's like covered in tears. Clayton just likes to drop bombs and then be like, Okay, fine, yeah, I, believe I believe you. you. Yeah, I we're good, right? Again. Here's yeah. the rose. We're yeah. good. It's fine. It's it sucks. And he's like, This isn't easy, but it really shows me like if we can push through this, there's clearly something legitimate here. And I'm like, So is this your dating strategy to
1: like break a woman down free- to like her core and then be
2: like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then I'm build her checking. back <laughs> up. It's just it's just like the military and football.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Sweat it out. This is this is like uh spring training or whatever uh if that's a thing is that baseball don't worry <laughs> <That's baseball. laughs> do worry about that anyway um yeah they they do a lot of kissing like you love to just like have a big cry and then make out with the person who made you cry that actually does feel very early 20s to me um the thing about this too is that like mara is not going to benefit from pointing out that she is 32 it's it sucks but like that's the dynamic like the only people who benefit from age being made an active part of this conversation is if you, is the women who are at the, like, mutually, like, agreed-upon neutral age for women who are dating, which is, like, 25 to 27. And, like, if you're outside of that range, you're either too young potentially to be married or you're too old and maybe he could find someone fresher. And it sucks, like— to see this play out again and again, that like the oldest and the youngest women are baited into these feuds where they like rip each other's throats out. And It's really depressing. It they're both ultimately deemed to be like the wrong age to be married. Yeah,
1: <laughs> one's too old, one's too young. They yeah, hate each but other, but one is just right, yeah. and yeah. she's a
3: twenty-four-year-old. Um Yeah, I should have said twenty-four to twenty-seven. I think twenty-four is weirdly enough deemed much older than twenty-three. Yeah. Just by this a few months franchise. <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's the every year
2: age. counts for a lot once you get into your twenties. Um it's because you know, you're building up to that perfect marriage age, and then very quickly yeah, you become, you know, irrelevant.
3: That's the thing. When your marital period is so small, like year over year, there's a lot of movement in your marriage ability. Uh so after this, Sarah heads home with her rose, furious and ready to confront whoever. Said this about her. She's like, there's an attack on my character. I have to stand up for myself. She's like, it was, it was weak. At least try harder. Make it sound more specific, so it sounds believable. She's not ready. Good one. <laughs> oh,
2: <laughs> but right. here's the thing. Sarah, Sarah's gonna <laughs> prevail in this yeah. one.
1: I think she knows who the culprit is as well. But
2: I don't even know if she does know. But I think it's going to be very obvious because Mara hasn't. Hidden yeah. it. Yeah. They're gonna have a blowout next week and Mara's gonna go mm-hmm. home.
3: Oh, you you will just Ugh. like it's the that's the laws of the patriarchy and of sexual attraction and of dating. You're never going to get a guy to propose to you by being like the the young hot woman that you're really interested mm-hmm. in. Is younger than me. I'm better. And so you should pick me instead. Like, I just like. it's going to be
2: like, oh, good point. I do want to date a younger woman.
3: It's so hard to watch. And I hate this show for still still doing this, like, reliably, like, almost every season. Mm -hmm. It never changes. And on that note, we get a nice to be continued. And we will pick up next week at the very logical, expected point of. Some of the women having an argument at the hotel, I assume. And then, a, yeah, a mid episode rose ceremony. <laughs> Every episode now, at this point, I start being completely disoriented. I'm like, "Where are they?
1: Yeah, like, how many girls are left? Who is here? Yeah, what what stage are yeah. we at? When are hometowns? Like, I have no idea. They're all
3: together, but are they at a cocktail party or a group date or drywall are hotel? they at the hotel?
1: Who can say?
2: But We have, I think, reached the halfway point of our journey with Clayton. And for that, we can truly be thankful on this Valentine's Day. Lee, thank you so much for joining us. It has been a
1: delight, as always. I'm so happy to be here on this journey. Uh, You might have to force me to continue to watch Clayton's season, but I I would never do that (laughs) to you.
3: (laughs) You do have to keep watching so that we can always drag you back on. Okay, I'll (laughs) take you away from your children.
2: now it's time for love to see it hate to see it let's start with love to
3: see it obviously we do love Shanae going home finally it was time like she really was a villain who became unbearable immediately because the first thing really that she did was mock someone's neurodivergence and then she just hung around getting more and more grating and boring with time and it was time (laughs) It was definitely time. We also loved
2: to see Marlena's A-plus exit speech, full of self-love, full of confidence. Um, Again, she said, I'm disappointed. I'll leave here with my head held high. I'll always believe that there's someone out there for me because I'm the prize. I'll find love when it's my time. And I really believe that. She's going to find a great love, and it's going to be better than whatever she would have had with Clayton.
3: And now it's time for Hate to See It. Uh... This is, a, this is not as good of a moment for Marlena. Another herpes joke. I understand she wanted to do the callback, but we should probably not be stigmatizing STDs in 2022. Let's leave that in the past with the 2019 version of normal.
2: We also hated to see Clayton's complete inability to respond to Teddy's personal disclosure about her virginity. This, again, just speaks to... The weird ideas that we have as a culture about what it means to have or to lose your virginity, what that says about a woman, and the way that she might desire any sort of sexual attention. And the idea that Clayton thought that it was appropriate to say that he, quote, couldn't tell really speaks to the culture that he was raised in and how much work it takes to untangle all of that fucked up purity culture teaching.
3: Yeah. Um, I also want to say I hated to see Clayton's manner of investigating tips that he's received, which is always just to blindside Someone with a really hostile and unanswerable question that neither gets him the possibility of any clarity, nor does it allow the woman to continue to have, like, a healthy conversation with him or a pleasant date and... Uh, it's just every time it happens I'm enraged and I want better for these women than, than his manner of handling these conflicts we also hated to see Mara just completely unraveling
2: and thus continuing to grasp at the false wifey versus girlfriend material distinction I get why she's grasping at it but it's really not a great framework and it implies that some women by virtue of their innate goodness thus deserve to be wives and that that somehow elevates a woman to be a wife. And none of that is true. And I just hate that that is a framing that
3: keeps being called attention to on this show. Yeah, It's starting to make me wish very much that I weren't a wife. Like I might have to get divorced (laughs) if I keep watching this show. Also hate to see the old lady versus, like, young hot thing battle that is emerging now that Shanae has been vanquished and there is space for a new bit of drama in the house. Uh, It sucks for people on both sides of it. It sucks for women generally. And it sucks to watch how production so easily makes it happen by playing into the various insecurities that women always have about being too old or too young to be taken seriously and further just, like, narrows the acceptable manifestation of womanhood into not just, like, a conventionally thin, attractive, typically white, cis woman, but also one who is, like, in a very specific age range and making everyone else just, like, fight for scraps. And it's deeply demoralizing to see it happening again. (laughs) And now it's time,
2: of course, for our tailgate energy rating out of 10 Bud Lights. I think this was pretty middling. We got to give this one like a solid five because while, you know, there wasn't a lot of football per se, there were quite a few of Clayton's pump you up speeches. (laughs) He told basically every woman left that he wants to push through with them (laughs) And there was one forced violence date as well.
3: Yeah, which was sort of like, you know, that um, the shield wrestling was sort of akin to the two lines, uh, the defensive and offensive lines, squaring off in a football game. So I almost felt like I was there, you know, with my stadium hot dog. But (laughs) I agree with that rating. Um, I'm looking forward to to seeing Clayton's tailgate energy continue to carry him through this season on a wave of various fist pumps and cliches.
2: And that's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Thanks to our guest, Lee Blickley.
3: Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Tamika Weatherspoon. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer.
2: If you like the show, please follow us, rate us five stars, and leave a review. And of course, spread the word about our show, especially to any of your friends who used to listen to us as here to make friends.
3: If you want to get in touch, you can email us at claireandemmapod at gmail.com with your questions and voice memos. We might even feature you in an upcoming mailbag.
2: You can also find us on Twitter at lovetoseeitpod and Instagram at EmmaPod. And you can find our newsletter, Rich Text, on Substack at claireandemma.substack.com.
3: I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm
2: at Emma Lady Rose. We'll be back next week to recap even more of Clayton's worldwide journey to find love. Stop, fire.
0: Can you keep up? I like.
3: Ditcher.